Hi there, and welcome to a bit of a different episode of The Breakdown, because we're here to talk about only one thing today. But before we get started, I want to take you back to February of 2019. Heading into the next provincial election, the then-governing NDP ran a series of ads under the theme of Made in Alberta, and the UCP came unglued. They made a huge stink over the fact that it was inappropriate for the then-governing party to spend taxpayer money on what were, by their consideration as well as many others, profoundly partisan advertisements. Experts even commented that government ads that are partisan are never appropriate, particularly going into an election campaign. The UCP promised they would end the practice of taxpayer money going towards partisan advertising. So hold on to that as we go through everything that we're going to go through today. One of the key promises of the UCP during the last election was that they would create an energy war room to advocate for Alberta's energy sector. And given the public perception that they helped create and reinforce, mind you, that Alberta's economic problems were largely a result of well-financed and coordinated attacks from foreign special interest groups, there were a lot of people who really liked the idea. But the war room hasn't been what Albertans were promised. First, there was the announcement of the war room's launch, which carried some deeply disturbing and undemocratic undertones. And to those who make such biased, slanted, and prejudicial statements about Alberta's energy sector, you've been put on notice. This type of activity is going to stop now. And then there was the way that it was built. Despite being funded by taxpayer dollars to the tune of $30 million a year, the War Room was created as a company completely separate from the government to prevent it from being accessible to freedom of information requests. The government then installed three UCP ministers to sit as private directors of the War Room. The UCP also installed one of their candidates who didn't win a seat in the last provincial election as its chief executive director. To be clear, this created a private company that was firewalled from being examined by the public eye, all under the control of the Minister of Energy, Sonna Savage, Minister of Justice, Doug Schweitzer, and Minister of Parks and Environment, Jason Nixon. And then there was the whole issue where they stole their logo not once, but arguably twice. We could go on listing the missteps of the war room, but needless to say, more than anything, the Canadian Energy Centre, which is the official name for the war room, has been a huge embarrassment to Albertans. The truth is, though, the War Room has been up to a whole lot more than just being embarrassing. A couple of weeks ago, there was a considerable amount of anger expressed because it came out that the Canadian Energy Centre had run an ad promoting this article. Now, on its face, the War Room had paid to promote an article that denied a huge amount of scientific evidence to date regarding climate change, including human impact on climate change and the increasing frequency of extreme weather events. And while those arguments might help advance the idea that carbon just isn't that big of a deal, they also simply aren't true, and the content of the article that they advertised has been rebutted by many members of the legitimate scientific community. But that got us wondering, what else has the War Room used taxpayer money to advertise? And it turns out, quite a bit. When we started digging, there were a few things that surprised us. The fact that the War Room chose to spend money promoting this editorial cartoon, which at best has some pretty racist overtones as a way of putting a positive spin on Alberta's oil sands, was pretty shocking to us. There's no question that the editorial cartoon is in poor taste, but for the War Room to choose to amplify it and mock the conflict and loss of human life that we've seen in the Middle East is a, let's go with, unusual choice in marketing strategies. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. As we kept digging into the War Room's Facebook ads, we started to notice a pattern. See if you can spot it too. 
in May of 2020, the War Room ran this ad promoting Strong and Proud. Now, obviously, this is a fairly partisan ad that doesn't depict the Prime Minister of Canada in a very positive light, and there's certainly a lot of people who that would resonate with. But clicking on the ad actually would lead a person to a landing page for Strong and Proud that is presented as an opportunity to mail your MP, but also serves to collect personal data. Strongandproud.ca is operated by the organization Canada Strong and Proud, which was registered as a third-party advertiser with Elections Canada in the last federal election. The associated Facebook page of Canada Strong and Proud at Proud Canadians Online spent almost $200,000 between June 2019 and July 3rd, 2020 on highly partisan advertisements primarily attacking the Liberal Party of Canada. Furthermore, Elections, or Elections Canada filings show that Canada Strong and Proud received over $240,000 in donations from the Manning Centre for Building Democracy, which was recently renamed to Canada Strong and Free Network, which declares its purpose to be to support Canadian conservative, Canada's conservative movement, and which has close ties with the United Conservative Party and its leadership. Canada Strong and Proud is also responsible for controversial robocall and robotext campaigns widely reported in the press and supported by expense filings with Elections Canada. This amplifies the concerns that public funds are directing Albertans to provide their personal information to this organization, which can then be used for campaigning. To add to these concerns, strongandproud.ca does not provide a privacy policy or terms of use on the website that we were able to locate and we were looking Strongandproud.ca also collects donations on the website linked to from the Canadian Energy Centre advertisement, although the legal person who is the beneficiary of these donations is not identified on the website. Now, it might be easy to try to write this off as a one-off, but it wasn't. Also in May of 2020, the War Room again used taxpayer money to promote this ad, which again links to an external website, this time one called Energy Citizens, where they are again presented with the opportunity to send a message, all while providing private data. Energy Citizens is a website run by the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers, or CAP, who are registered lobbyists in Alberta. For the entire month of June, the War Room ran an ad again requesting people's private data to join a newsletter for a group called Support Canadian Energy which is actually a front for the war room. But it isn't in any way easily identifiable as such, and to the casual observer appears to be yet another external organization. But even more interesting from the information that was available to us, despite the stated mission of the war room to fight back against foreign interference, the overwhelming majority of the advertising that the war room has done on Facebook has been in two provinces, Ontario and Alberta both very conservative provinces and both with two premiers who have propped each other up when needed. Which begs the question, if the mandate of the war room is to fight back against the narrative being spun by foreign extreme green leftists or whatever, why are they advertising predominantly in Canada in provinces that are currently controlled by conservative governments? So, to break this all down, Despite the UCP being wholly against using taxpayers' money for partisan campaigning and promising to put an end to the practice, the Canadian Energy Centre, which is controlled by three UCP ministers and somebody who ran in the last election for the UCP, are not only using taxpayer money to do partisan advertising, but they're also using taxpayers' money to data mine for those partisan causes, some of which don't even have privacy policies available. This is actually really alarming because these are only the ads that we were, we were able to identify on one social media platform. 
Now, we've made it clear that we aren't journalists, and we certainly aren't lawyers. But to our eyes, this is not only a pretty serious breach of ethics, but also a pretty serious breach of privacy laws, potentially, and it could place the three ministers in charge of the war room in a potential conflict of interest. But our field of expertise is acerbic commentary and occasionally puppets, so we're kicking the ball down the field in a couple of ways. First of all, we're putting our research up on the web in the hopes that somewhere a real journalist will pick up the ball and run with it. It's also available for anyone who wants to take a look at it, and we'll post the link in the description of this video. When you read that file, you'll also notice that there's a letter that prefaces it. That's because our team has agreed that the right thing to do with this information is to write the Auditor General, the Information and Privacy Commissioner, and the Office of the Ethics Commissioner and ask them to investigate the situation. We put those letters in the mail on July 12th, and we'll let you know the response that we get from those offices at a later date, whenever we get them. And that's it. That's the episode. As always, if you appreciate what we're trying to do here at The Breakdown, please consider signing up as a monthly supporter at our Patreon site, www.patreon.com slash thebreakdownab. And if you're listening to the audio version of our podcast, please consider leaving us a review and a rating. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for your attention.